Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogan, and joining me tonight is Fedra Ekris. Hello, everyone. Well, it's, it's not tonight. It's Sunday afternoon. Uh, Jack is not with us. He's not going to be with us for a couple of weeks, I believe, because he's in the middle of a move. He's moving from one house to another, and it's just pretty complicated, I guess, for him. But once he's settled, uh, he will be back, uh, hopefully by in a couple of weeks. But we wish him good luck with the move and everything goes smoothly. We also have joining us, we have Charlie Hunter from Rusty nice. Junk. Nice to be back again. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And Daniel McComb. Hi, everyone. How you doing, Dan? Yeah. I'm good. Thanks, Joe. So last time we spoke to you was before Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, you, yeah. you didn't make that podcast because you were getting married. I did, yeah. I got married, I had a honeymoon, and then we also moved house. So we've had quite a busy summer. Um, but no, we had a wonderful day, and thank you for all the well wishes that you guys sent. Well, that's good. Well, glad to have you back. And yeah. Charlie is, uh, is slowly becoming a regular, although it was just one time last week, but it's two times in a row now, Charlie. Joe's more of a regular on my podcast. That's true. It, it recently, out, out of the seven we've recorded, he's been on five. Yeah, so Charlie had brought this up, so I guess we might as well talk about this. So I want to get your opinion, Fedra and Dan, on this one. Like we, we've been talking on his podcast a lot about, uh, what is it, cheese in a can? What is it, spray cheese? Is that what you cheese call it whiz. over there? Cheese whiz. Or what you call it, cheese whiz. We don't have a name for it because guess what? We don't have it. Really. It's not on the shelves at all. Well, there's some some version by Dairy Lee, I think. But you know, it's one of those little niche products that everyone walks past and goes, "Don't be stupid." <laughs> I'll cheese that <laughs> in the can. All right. Well, I'll ask Dan first because Dan, have you ever had cheese whiz? Help me out here, Dan. Come on. All right. Well, I can tell you, I've never had it before. I know it exists, but I'm I get a lot of stick for this at work and I'm friends, so I don't like cheese. Just. You don't like cheese. Like, no, I know. I know. So Good you're on you. oh. so you're on our side, Dan. <laughs> well, technically. Well, whoa. Oh. No, I'd say by default he's on I'm a, our I'm side. I'm a neutral. I'm Swiss in this cheese discussion. I, and actually I don't know Fedra's side. So Fedra, what's your thoughts on cheese whiz versus so I have a funny story for that. So before I had never even heard of cheese whiz until i watched the goofy movie and in the goofy movie there's one of the, the yeah. guys in high school that's like playing with it and putting it on crackers and all this stuff and my mom is european so she's like Pedro, no that is not real that is chemical <laughs> stuff it's shit and i'm like sorry and, my, <laughs> and i'm like but i want to you know try it and figure it out so i did and i got the can um, probably in high school at this point, and it's liquid salt. That's basically what it tastes like. It's an orange line of salt on a cracker. So it's disgusting. I I tried to eat it, but you know, in high school, everything tastes great. That's forbidden. So I was just like, no, no, no. I'm just like a hungry hamster. Um, but no, it's disgusting. <laughs> Real cheese is the best way. Um, but if you do look at the health hazards of cheese and dairy i would say to just avoid it completely but there's some cheese that i do love so that's my spiel oh, my whole thing though i think two it's and just, a half against one joe i believe 
Who's the one? Well, you. Me? I don't know about that. Um, no, I, I just think it's easy. I mean, I, I don't have cheese whiz. I haven't had cheese whiz since I've been in Florida. So it's been a long time since I've had it. I'm not a huge fan of cheese. Like I would say, Dan, I'm not a big fan of cheese. Um, but I used to have it when I was younger. And it was easier just to put it on a cracker mm. and kind of like make a mini sandwich. Just kind of squeeze two crackers together with that that cheese. Where again, it, it's like a spread, wouldn't you say? Where yeah. if you cut cheese, you have to, it, it's the solid and it kind of messes up the structure. It's more like peanut butter, but with cheese, I would say. Like you would never put cheese whiz on a loaf of bread and no. as a sandwich, yeah. you know. But just oh, for a don't snack. Get, don't get into sandwiches. Sorry, I feel I need to say this. <laughs> so for, for all those tuning in to, to listen to Nerd Alert, we are going to get off cheese and, you know, squirty or otherwise. And we are going to talk about Marvel and all things werewolfy. Yeah. No, I was just... So, so I, just I just wondered if people thought that they downloaded the wrong podcast. And no, like, no, we can go off tangent a little bit like we did last week. So... Mm. Anyway, yeah, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about She-Hulk, episode number eight, and or episode five, and Werewolf by Night. Um, do you have anything else to say? You were, I know you were going to say something, Charlie. Was there more cheese whiz coming out of your mouth? Not, no, no more cheese whiz. Okay. I do put butter on my sandwiches, though, but we'll leave that for next time. Butter. Okay. Depends on the sandwich. Hmm? Say this. Say that again. It depends on the sandwich. Oh, really? It depends on the sandwich. Yeah, but I, I thought I knew you. Pete. I thought eat. I knew you all. I really did. I thought thought we had an understanding, but well, like you can't put butter on a peanut butter sandwich, right? Yikes! Yeah, of course you can. You yeah. can. Yeah, of course you can. What? Right? Okay. There's no scenario. Sorry, should have made this clear. There's no scenario where you can have a sandwich without butter, marge, or spread. There's no scenario. I make, really? sandwich, I make sandwiches out of the bizarre, most bizarre thing. I make it over leftover curry. I make pizza sandwiches when I feel like it. And my crowning glory, which I believe I invented, the roast dinner sandwich, which is your you have your roast dinner and then your bits off the end, you, you shove into a sandwich with the sprouts, uh, the broccoli, the pork the, or beef or whatever it is. Jeez, and the that sounds and so you crush disgusting. It down. Oh, it's one of the life's untold pleasure you've been watching the simpsons too much see i thought you were thinking like a pot roast on top of a sandwich and if that had butter i'd be okay with that but i don't understand the broccoli or the sprouts because you you put all of the stuff from the roast dinner call it a thanksgiving sandwich then so you put all the stuff from thanksgiving i mean what do you have turkey stuffing mashed potatoes butter oh that sounds wonderful right put it all (laughs) two slabs of thing you're off well, I have to add the butter from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you got to toast the bread because oh, it's going to get soggy with the with the gravy. Yes, and, yes. And the... But you make the bread thicker so that it yes. absorbs it, and you more you got more time to eat it. Oh man, we're foodies over here. <laughs> no, well, you are definitely most definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> we, we are. We are. Yeah, I know. I'm not. The, we're, we're European. We've got we invented pizza pasta. I'm, I'm extending it out now and, and nicking from. Mm-hmm. No, but you make it sound like. It's like, do I throw this in the garbage or do I put it between two pieces of bread and eat it? That's what you yeah. made it just sound yeah, two like. Pieces, yeah, two pieces of bread all the time. If it can go, be, 
Well, I, I it's put, not being wasteful. But yeah, exactly. Know? I put pizza in there and you think that's just a, a carbohydrate time bomb waiting to wait, go wait, wait, wait. You, you put the actual pizza slice in between two yes. pieces of bread? Yes, Dude, there is something wrong with you. Because it's thin <laughs> enough, right? So the deep do, you pan put, do you put butter on there too? I won't put, deep pan, I won't put a deep pan pizza in there because that is just a bread filling. But I'd put a thin pizza. Like a slice, then, a slice of pizza you would put in yes. between two pieces of bread oh, with yes. butter? With butter too? Uh, why would you not have oh butter my in that God. situation? I don't want to hear it. I mean, if you think people would think I'm weird because of the cheese whiz thing, they're yeah. going to like, <laughs> he, he, you, must be having, you must have a crown when you're walking around the house. There's weirdness when it comes to food with that pot roast broccoli monstrosity thing in between two pieces of bread that you ate. I don't and know. I might try think the whole uh, pizza. Say, I they, might try the pizza with the bread thing. I know that sounds really, really weird, but I, I would try because think about it. He didn't say how. So I can get creative and make garlic bread, cut it in between, put ooh. the pizza in there, yeah. and then just eat it. Yeah, yeah. That that work. That work. <laughs> that would be delicious. See, look at this, Joe. Look a at this. Carbs, and, and Federer in an open mind. But you know? pizza is I mean, bread. Pizza is bread. Well, let's let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> Write it, right. uh, listeners. Write Dan, in. By all means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan's back. Keep going, keep going. Really? Dan's just sitting there eating pizza right now. Without cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that too. I love pizza without cheese. But I know you don't like. To- no, seriously. So when you go to Blaze Pizza, do you order without cheese? Yeah. Oh, see, I would do that too. Nice. But I'm afraid to. I guess. I'm afraid people think I'm weird. No, Julian has I'm, to all the time because of allergies. So I'm doing that next creative. time then. I'm going it's to Blaze Pizza. I got over it. I got over it years ago. I've dealt okay. with those, that embarrassment. No, because that's the way I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, so I can't wait to do that next time. All right, let's get into the news. All right. So you guys weren't here. I, I'm trying to think who was here. Maybe it was Charlie. I guess it was Charlie or it was Jack or whoever. It was some male or female. Um, but the news came out. Down. What's that? That narrows it, it down. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, the big news was that Hugh Jackman was returning as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. So what are your thoughts on that? Charlie, did you share your thoughts on that? I have already. Uh, so okay, I forget. I'm an old guy. I kind of forget. Bless you. But you're super excited. I am. Very, oh, what, very much so. What about you, Dan? Yeah, very excited. It, it was, it was the biggest news I think we've had in you know Marvel movie news for a good while now. And I mean, John, we talked about it before. It's a shame that they didn't have anything figured out for D twenty three, which was only like what two weeks ago. Mm. To have them to walk out on just to have. Deadpool walk out on stage would have been cool because just of the association with Fox and it's trying to get him in. He hasn't been in the MCU yet. If then Hugh Jackman had walked out, the place would have exploded. And I think oh, yeah. it, would have give us, it would have given us something a bit more meatier to salivate over going forward. Like, all we got was small updates on all the stuff we've already heard of. But yeah, I'm just excited. I, lo- I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think he, like you said, Joe, the other week, he's he understands the character, he puts his heart and soul in it. I think he just loves playing the character, and that's a big thing. It's not just, oh, great, yeah, here's another however many million he's going to make for it. 
I think he always said he'd only ever come back if he really wanted to come back. So it must be a good script. I know him and Ryan Reynolds get on great. So very excited. I don't think they have a script yet, <laughs> personally. I just think uh, they know that they can do something goofy with the two of them together, and it'll probably be good. So I could be wrong, though. Maybe there is a script. What about you, Fedra? Oh, I loved it. I saw the the two trailers that they had, and just seeing them together, just seeing that chemistry, like, I know it's going to be amazing. And I, I agree, Dan. Like, I think they both love those characters being those characters and adding uh, what they can to it. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I've said that to, to you, Joe, several times where I think Hugh Jackman has been, you know, the best Wolverine that I've seen, at least on screen. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about this. I just kind of read it or I saw it on YouTube where when we were talking about like what kind of scenario they can be since Logan died in Logan. Uh, I didn't realize because I haven't seen Logan in a while that Logan takes place in the future. So 2029, isn't it? Yeah, it's 2029. So it, it could be consistent. It doesn't have to be a dream. It doesn't have to be a multiverse. So it could just be something that takes place in the current day, which would be cool. Be kind of fun. I, I'd rather be something like that than a dream or a multiverse thing. So let's keep our fingers crossed that he is in the MCU and that'll show that that the, that version of the X-Men was in the MCU too. We shall see. Mm. So Wakanda forever. A new trailer came out, which they also announced that tickets are now on sale to go see Wakanda forever. Uh, what are your thoughts on Wakanda forever trailer Fedra? I didn't see the newest one. Okay. I know. Well, Fedra has been without internet. You, you just got yeah. it, what the other day yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. You are yeah. forgiven, Fedra. Thank you. But I am looking forward to it. But um, I will, I'll save my comments. I need to see the trailer and then I'll add more. Okay. Charlie. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see what everybody else says. A bit like Thor, Love and Thunder. I'll just see what they, you know, what I think, I think the difference is now um, that I need, I need to get excited about a film. Like Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I'm genuinely excited for. Shang-Chi, I wasn't particularly bothered about. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Black Panther, but you have to watch these. You still have to, to watch, I think, the, the big films, like the, the the event films, rather than the Shang-Chi's and the Black Widows. I think Wakanda Forever is an, is an event film. I think it's something that you have to, to watch because it's, it's grand. And if you miss it, You'll miss a lot. I've gone back and watched Thor, Love and Thunder. Spoiler alert, I didn't like it. But it was, yeah, this is going to be part of the, I'll I'll see what happens. Hmm. That's good. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's always good to, you know, have an open mind about something. But what what I won't do is probably do what I was maybe doing a couple of years ago, which is listening to some of the, podcasters that i listened to that instantly said oh this is going to be you know it's before a film comes out it's going to be dreadful now disney does itself no favors by trying to preempt an excuse for why something's going to fail before the series has come out that's never a good thing to do because all it does is just feed you know people like that on the whole they've been right but they've also been wrong so i won't reserve my i, I will get a broad spectrum of views rather than just 
you know, from the five or six podcasters I listen to all the time. Um, one of which is is just taken in the last week I've just listened to called Chris Gore. Uh, he's he's brilliant. He's I wonder if it's a, very very good. I used to know. Well, I knew a Chris Gore that was. Uh... Uh, he was in the entertainment business. I mean, not personally, but hmm. he was like on YouTube or something. I wonder if that's the same person. Is he? Is he British or is he? No, he's a, he's a, he's, a, uh, he's right, American. I'll... Yeah, he's very good. I'll, I'll send if you, you can send, send me a link. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll send you a link. It, it, it's very good. But on on a final note, um, you know, not all things not all things are bad. Andor was being painted out as something that was going to fail because it was supposed to be like Trump. It was supposed to be woke. It was supposed to be everything else. <laughs> As you said, Daniel, um, the feedback that you gave to Joe, I've never seen Char- Charlie so happy because, uh, uh, you know, I don't just dislike everything. It's just I've got, unfortunately now, my natural state is I'm not going to like it until I like it. And, and, and Disney and Star Wars and Marvel and every film released on Netflix practically has done that to me, has flicked that anticipation switch. But and we'll get to that later. I was right about Andor all the time. All right. Well, you know, that's the whole thing, though. And, I, and I'm really happy that you said that, Charlie, too, is that, you know, you want to base judgment based on you actually seeing the movie and not listening to some of these people that still they haven't seen the movie either, but they feel like that is a train wreck. I see that all the time and I'll watch their videos. But I, again, I'll be cautious about the things that they say, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I see it myself. Hmm. Um, because the whole thing, what's problematic with YouTube is that whole algorithm is that we get like, once you start watching one particular, say they're right leaning or something like that, you're going to get a whole bunch of other YouTube streamers that are going to be saying the same thing that are also right leaning. And you're going to think the world really thinks like this. It's just crazy people. I don't think like this, but that's not the case. We're just not hearing the other side because we're being forced to listen to the stuff that they think we like to listen to. So that's why it's always good to go in with an open mind. And when you think that something is going to suck based on something that you saw or something that somebody had seen, and then you go in and you say, this doesn't suck. It's actually pretty good. That's really cool. You know, it's, it's nice to know. It's nice to still be surprised, you know, even though people are telling you, you need to think a certain way or not necessarily you have to think a certain way, but, I, I mean, I, I know sometimes I'm like that too. It's like, well, this is going to suck or whatever. Um, but I, I, I try not to. I try to be a little bit more open-minded. If Jack was here, he would say I'm full of crap and that I'm always closed-minded. But no, I, I, I try to be open-minded when I can. Sorry, Dan. So what did you think of the Wakanda Forever trailer? No, I think Charlie used a really good word to describe the movie. I think grand is how they're pitching it pitching it because it's the end this is the this is what's capping off phase four mm. and i think the interesting part for it i enjoyed the trailer i'm look. i am looking forward to this movie i think wakanda and the, the universe and the black panther i think that's something that people enjoyed from the first one i think they wanted to revisit wakanda i think whenever that happened in infinity war and you know there's hints of it in other movies i think people got excited same in falcon and winter soldier when just when you heard that music for the Dora Milaje and they appeared, people get excited. So it has that buzz around it. But I think the interesting part to the movie is going to be that I know we've seen that there's going to be a new Black Panther. But I look at this movie as it's almost like four or five equal pieces that's kind of 
going to get shared. So we're going to get a good bit of Namor. We're going to get some Iron Heart. We're going to get Shuri. We're going to probably get some Mbaku. Um, I forget Angela Bassett's character's name, but I think there's going to be quite a lot of equal time that's going to set up a few things going forward. And I think what the movie will do is, even though it ends phase four, I think it's going to maybe open up into where those future series are going to go. I think there's something in development for the Dora Milaje, a Disney Plus series. Yeah. And it might, we maybe might not see as much of the Black Panther if it is, in fact, Shuri. I mean, it hints to it in the trailer, it kind of looks that way. But I don't know how much of her we will see in the big movies going forward as if it would have been when it was Chadwick Boseman. I know we spoke about it before. He had quite a good screen presence as a potential leader for a team like an Avengers. But sadly, without him, I don't know if Shuri has that screen presence to hold that. But we'll find that out in the movie. But I think whatever happens with Namor, I think it's going to be significant going forward for a few threads. Um, but it does, I, th- I think, it'll, I think it'll, it'll do well at the box office as well. I think just on reputation alone. I think, uh, personally, I think this movie's going to bomb. And I think the problem with it is that they just held to the guns that they weren't going to replace Chadwick Boseman, which was a mistake. And I think Kevin Feige even said that, you know, we had to say that at the time uh, because it was such a horrific event that it happened. I, 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 they're going to have to recast him. And I think that this movie's box office is going to prove that they, they're going to have to recast him. It's kind of like if you saw Superman, the movie and you loved it and then Superman two was coming out and Christopher Reeve happened to pass away. And for Superman two, instead of Superman, you had Supergirl, you had Lois Lane, you had, um, well, what's her name? I can't even think of it. Who's uh, the girl from Smallville? Uh, you, know, you know, his girlfriend in Smallville, Lana. Lana Lang, you know, it, it was focused on the three of them. That would have bombed big time at the box office. It, probably nobody would have gone and see it. And I think a lot of people are seeing that too. And again, there are a lot of, when we first saw Black Panther, and I'm sure most of us had the same experience, it was, it was an event because you got to see more people of color, more, you know, black men, black women, black children. They're, they're, they're finally getting to see a superhero that looks like them up on the screen. And it was really, really nice to see. They were all excited before the film, after the film, during the film. And it, it just was, that really added to my enjoyment of the time I had seen it on the big screen. And I, I think that, you know, those little boys and even the men, they're, wanna, they're gonna wanna see Black Panther. They're not gonna wanna see Suri as Black Panther. And who knows? Maybe they are faking this out because they've faked this out before, like where they're showing a Shuri, although there have been leaks showing that she is Black Panther, but there could be another Black Panther in it, or it could be even an end credit thing where we might see maybe there's a son of Black Panther, you know, that uh, they had a child, him and his girlfriend there, um, or maybe it's a mystery that there is another Black Panther that looks like it's a male and and he is about to emerge from the shadows, you know, that something that might keep us going. But I think if they're going to focus on Shuri as the new Black Panther, it's going to be, it's going to be problematic for sure. Because uh, number one, I know I've shared this with you guys. 
the uh, I use this word a lot. The woke crowd do not like her. They didn't like, like her because she was anti-vaccine during the whole COVID pan- pandemic. And I thought that, well, COVID's died down a lot now. I, I figured they'll probably give her a pass. Nope. I have looked and they hate her guts. They are really disappointed that she is in the movie and that she is going to be the Black Panther. I've seen such horrible comments that, you know, that they just cannot forgive her for what she said. They want her to apologize before they can even think about accepting her for the words that she said about vaccines and all that. And again, it's uh, everybody's. Uh, yeah, Joe, never. The, the, the trick is yeah. never apologize. No, it's true. You know, it's like everybody has the right to think the way that they want to think, you know. And, Very true. Yeah. I mean, it's like. You, I thought you have the to pandemic s- was over. Wasn't it announced it, that it was over? <laughs> Yeah, but but basically it's died down a lot, but it's again, they hold a grudge over the fact that they felt that you you have to think like us or else you're not us and you need to be banished to bogey land. And I think that that's what they Mm kind of were doing because they were super happy when they found out that she was going to be the next Black Panther or potentially the next Black Panther until she opened up her mouth about the vaccine and whoever sends out like the Morse code or a super tweet that goes out to like a specific group of people saying that you have to stand by this particular view. And if you do not, you are not one of us. Once people engulf that whole idea of that, the, you know, the vaccine, the vaccines were important and that you had to take the vaccine. And if you did not, you, you know, you were, uh, a traitor to the country, the world, whatever the hell, you know, but they, you know, we know that there was that whole thing going on, that discussion. And she how, just, how, how strange Joe, that personal choice is a, is a bad thing. I true. I know you well, <laughs> or get also, you. also, I find it very alarming that they use the word woke as a community and yet they don't have the fundamental understanding they don't, of what forgiveness it, is and having the humility to to admit when you are wrong or you've made a mistake or you've changed your mind and then to forgive the other. They don't use the word woke as a term of, of endearment. They, we use it as like a, a form of insult towards them because we call them woke. I don't know what they call themselves other than righteous, probably. But no, but they do not like that term. It's kind of like what was uh, the word that they used to use a lot. Um, progressive? No, no. Progressive is a, is a positive. I prefer term. the term self-centered narcissist. Okay. We'll leave it that. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> oh, sorry. That cut that bit out. Sorry. But um, yeah, I just don't think it's going to do well. I think that uh, Marvel is going to have to decide what they're going to do forward going with black panther i think that they're gonna you know they are looking at phase four you really can't say much positive about phase four when you think about it um yeah dr strange and thor love and thunder made some money um but most of the mcu shows were like "Eh?" (laughs) uh, we'll have a discussion about that one day we won't do it today though but yeah uh, anyway let's move on next trailer so i think dan was it dan dan might have told me about this trailer was out and i didn't realize it was out the super mario brothers trailer um have you guys watched that oh fedra yeah nope that's okay saw saw an image i thought that was cool (laughs) all right 
Wasn't Sam brought it up? Stick with that. <laughs> Stick with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Since Dan brought it up, what did you think of it, Dan? I thought visually looks stunning. I think mm. that's like the highest definition, almost like, I don't know, intro to a video game style, you know, that kind of video package. It just looked incredible. Illumination are doing some really, really good stuff with animation lately. Yeah. And then I thought Bowser and that whole scene, excellent. Mario drops in, all confused. And I know there was hesitation about Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt. People have opinions on Chris Pratt online and that, you know, on and on Twitter and everything. They, I think they were, they've got their wish as far as now they've got some firepower to dig at Chris Pratt yeah. and through no fault of his own he's just voiced Mario using his own voice <laughs> which mm. I can't understand why there might be some logic to do to that it. character well really is, it, is this the theory is this like the Jumanji theory that you're no no, no we don't no. know fully what the story is there has been some leaks of what it could be so right uh, I find it hard to believe, uh, you know, I'm sorry if I'm cutting in you guys. No, 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 you're good. That they would have him do it in just his plain voice. Um, but it is kind of weird that they would release a trailer like that, knowing that they were going to get backlash from that specific part when he speaks. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on, but uh, so Charlie, what did you think? Uh, echo exactly where, where, where that is. The visuals are great. You know, Mario is a big part of my growing up, and I, I'm exceptionally good at the game as well, which obviously uh, is a very good. And they they keep making it harder, and I keep uh, keep trying to keep up. Just um, the, uh, everything looks great. Chris Pratt's voice—it could be something that's going to throw us off. It could be something that's a bit of a joke that they're going to like edit it in. If they don't, I'm afraid it's not Mario. It's got to be it's a me. It's got to be that, mm. I'm afraid. Sorry, because yeah. that's that's what we've all grown up with. And now, if you're going to suddenly swap it and go, oh, it's fine, that he can be, you know, Chris Pratt's voice. All right. I still go and watch. I mean, I, I will still go and watch it because it's a Mario film. And I probably will enjoy it. But it will always, in the back of my mind, would be a, a bit weird. And now I know I could bring up Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, when they made the Super Mario Brothers film a live action film which is horrifically bad i mean it is it's not just bad it's horrifically bad but you know at least they gave you know they gave it a go this will be great if they change the voice it'd be fantastic and the weird thing is when you talk about all the the woke lot turning on each other one of the commentators has gone there ah, see you know it's not mario look at what chris pratt's doing it's ridiculous he should know better uh, what, what, what's he thinking by doing that? And they actually played the French trailer, mm. and the French trailer has the Marion voice. Yeah, has, has yeah. The, the thing, and I'm like going, "What? <laughs> did did you did you make a collective decision that every other dubbed version of it is going to be the Mario voice, but Chris Pratt can't possibly be?" So it's got it. Do you know what? The more I, the more I'm even talking about it now, the more I think you might be right, Dan. It's a, it's a good bait and switch in this case that they will go. Yeah, hi, we're only joking. Yeah, look, 
Yeah, no, I think they're just like Sonic. Yeah, it's probably a method to their madness. Um, you know, like maybe he doesn't remember who he is, and for whatever reason, he's speaking in Chris Pratt's voice, and then at some point, he becomes the real Mario, and he's speaking, which I don't know the guy's name who's famous for doing the voice. I did hear he's in the movie, you know, that guy. So maybe that'll happen that, I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. The question that's, 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 it it will become the Mario voice. Yeah. And then if there's a sequel, Chris Pratt will be out and then this guy will be in. Um, I am glad I will say that it's not like Sonic where it's a mixture of live action and, and, you know, CGI animation, because I did want to see something like this, like what Dan said, it looks beautiful. You know, like it's going to look amazing in 4K when it finally comes out. And uh, I was never really a Mario fan. It's like the only Mario games I played were Donkey Kong and Mario Tennis. And um, I never really owned a Nintendo <laughs> yes. system. Well, I had a Game Boy. That's the, those, are, those, those are games with Mario in it. They're not Mario games. Well, I, I never was into Mario. I was like, I don't want to play a fat italian plumber you know it's like i'd rather play you know a fast hedgehog but i didn't even play him either you know it's just That's, that makes no sense whatsoever no okay. i had a sega instead of a nintendo so i really ah right now that's clear yeah much of mario so I, I i don't have as much love or affinity for the characters so many people do uh, it's nintendo envy joe that's what i think you have you didn't have one so you just disliked mario I won't say it's my biggest regret in life, but yeah, I think I probably should have picked up a Nintendo instead of a Sega. And I probably would have had more of a, a kinness to the character that you guys are feeling right now. Cause he is very popular. Um, and he does seem like a fun character and his games are kick-ass. <laughs> like when you look at them now, uh, the ones that they come out recently, what was that one that they came out with uh, for was it the switch or the Wii U, the super Mario Odyssey. Was that the one like, you know, had different Mario worlds and um, Donkey Kong was in it and uh, the Super Mario World. Yeah, Super, Super Mario World 2. But it looked visually stunning, you know, it's, whatever it's it was. Then. Yeah. And I was like, damn, you know, it's like, I wish I would have got into that. Uh, anyway, I hope it's good. You know, and uh, other than that, like Jack Black, I was kind of reserved about. I'm not a huge Jack Black fan, but he did a good job. Like he didn't go over the top. Like I think he played the character the way the character should be played. So uh, I'm happy about that. But we'll see. You know, uh, they're either going, they're either fooling us with the whole Chris Pratt voice, or they're going to change it. Like one of you said, what they did with Sonic. They're like, okay, there's backlash. Because, but that's the one thing you got to admit with us, like how, you know, we see things and like, I, I use the word woke, how like the woke will go and, you know, die to the end, defending a, a particular person or actor or something like that. Even if their performances suck, if we see somebody, you know, that we like as a person and they hate as a person and we see that they suck, we're going to say they suck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Not holding back here. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well, I'm stumped the news. All right. One more news story. So it does appear from some leaks that Henry Cavill will be back as Superman in the Black Adam movie and that he will appear in an after credits sequence um, and that they used a John Williams theme for Superman. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Excited? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 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 After seeing the re- the the films that he was in, and I mean, of course, as I said, it'll never compare to Christopher Reeves. It's just two different yeah. actors. But I'm I'm excited to see that and to hear it with John Williams. That will be very interesting to see the blend of the two. I'm going to take off my positive head, and I'm just going to switch to my cynical head, which some people might think is my default anyway. Um, skeptical head. Um, I think the only reason Superman's in Black Adam is so that The Rock can feel comf- feel like he's 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 reached parity with Superman, and that that they are they are both the, both exactly the same. That's that's why it's been put. No, he's so been the going rocks, on. The Rock's ego needs stroking, and it's part of the contract. And it's like you need to put him in. We need to do like a I don't know. They could do a Predator thing, you know. Son of a, you know, and they could do that together, and it could all be nice and jolly. And then suddenly, the Rock will go and come in in Black Adam too. I'm sure he'll drop in and 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 help me. Sorry, who <laughs> Superman never no, needs you, to <laughs> never needs help. You've you been know? missing a lot of of the Rock promoting this movie. He thinks he is better than Superman. Right. He thinks he's stronger. He's got no flaws. He doesn't have any kryptonite. So yeah, not that he's on parody. I, I mean, if he's having Superman, and I'm sure, I, and I apparently I heard that he had something to do with it too. Of course, whatever The Rock wants, he gets. I'm glad to see Henry Cavill back. Yeah, I haven't forgotten about you, Dan. <laughs> I just especially with the music. Um, but I think that you know he he wants him. Uh, it, it's obvious what's going to happen if it's an after credit scene that we're going to find out that black Adam is not a villain, which he is, was created to be against Shazam, but he's actually like an anti-hero uh, kind of like a Punisher type of character in the DC universe. And then Superman's going to come down. And apparently he says, black Adam, we need to talk. And uh, that's it. I, they, they are going to be allies. I don't foresee them having a black Adam versus Superman uh, fight. Maybe they will, you know, just like one fight, but they will, they will be not in this movie in the next movie, but they will be allies just like what they did with Batman v Superman. Um, Anyway, no, I mean, I will say I'm I'm glad that Henry Cavill is returning to the role. I always thought he was good. It would be nice to see that, you know, him away from Zack Snyder. Now he can be a little more positive like he was under Josh Whedon when he was in Justice League. They did play the Superman theme in josh whedon's uh justice league so it it should be interesting i think that they're playing the the superman theme because they want to get as far away from Zack snyder's universe as they possibly can and that kind of echoes back to that but i did like that music i think that that fit for Mm -hmm. henry cavill's character anyway dan no, just with the music, there's a um it's on like itunes or whatever there is a mashup mix of the John Williams and the Man of Steel. Yeah. I'll find it and I'll send it. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I have that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm glad he's back too. I think we've seen enough from him with the Snyder movies that we know that he can be a really good Superman. He just needs the direction, like you said, the positivity. So I'm hoping that 
with Warner Brothers as they're sort of cleaning house and scrapping this and scrapping that as far as DC goes. And they're going to change the direction of how they want to move forward with their DCEU. I'm glad that he's back for it. And because he'll be that little bridge to the stuff that happened before, if there was good points, if they wanted to bring those forward into the new movies, they still can. They can acknowledge that some of them existed and some of it happened whilst redirecting it in a far better way. Like if they can, like they said, if they can go more positive with Superman, brighten up the colours, not be as dark and as brooding, I think then we all win. And as far as it going in with Black Adam, I think it's just another way to get more people in. I think after the movie comes out, I think it'll it'll do all right at the box office, but I think if everybody hears Henry Cavill's in the end credits as Superman, well, there's another weekend, two weekends worth of people that all go to see it that maybe were on the fence so that then they can see Henry like, Cavill. Uh, like Daredevil being in She-Hulk. Exactly. All right. This is the whole, the, the whole villain thing, right? So Black Adam is a villain and now he's not going to be. Yeah. So where does it end? Is it Doctor Doom and his cat sanctuary? I mean, you know, where, where do we start, like, stop? Can, can villains just be villains? Is that all right? No, it's annoying. I mean, they even make Hitler a friggin' hero, like, in some of their movies now, which is ridiculous. It's just it's annoying. They? Oh, yeah. Well, that uh, that Jojo Rabbit. And then there was oh, a, right. uh, a TV series that called, like... Uh, I'm back or something like that. Or... It's hi- no, it's Hi, Honey, I'm Home. No, but there was also, and I know was, was what that, Dom was, was talking was about. It was an actual that. series, yeah, as, which is, do not, think... do, do not Google it. Do not get mildly curious about it. It's yeah, but it's, uh, I, I, that's another thing. The bin. It's horrible. We, we could talk about that some other time, but yeah, yeah, I don't like that they keep push promoting Hitler as, you know, a fun, lovable character. They did stupid. He's most definitely a bad guy. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, right. the whole bad guys, he's, he's straight in. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's definitely in hell. <laughs> well, and Stalin, I suppose. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got three things to talk about. I'll let you guys decide. What do you want to talk about first? Werewolf by night. Can we finish? Hulk. Can we finish on a, what I think is going to be? We finish on a positive. Sure. With, with Andor. So, if I'm going to choose the third one, I'll leave it up to you, Dan and Federer, for the order for the the other two. Um, I would probably prefer uh, She-Hulk getting into Werewolf by Night and then ending with Andor because I, I wasn't able to really fulfill all of Andor. I probably saw okay. like, the middle of the second episode. I, I have to rewatch. I had... For some reason, my internet still is unstable, so it was like pausing and stuff, and I was going out of my mind. So I, I do need to rewatch it. So I would love to hear all of your interpretations of the episodes. And as you are correct, Joe, I have a page for <laughs> for a Werewolf by Night. So. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll do She Hulk. So She Hulk, it was episode eight, and it was called Rivet It and Rip It. And uh, what did you think? Uh, Dan. I thought it was one of the better episodes of the series, to be fair. Like, <laughs> don't you? Oh, no, sorry, man. Yeah. No, yeah who are you thought... talking to, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> to, to me. <laughs> no, I think we, we've said all along that it's a light series. It's an easy watch. It's 20, 25 minutes. You can just 
click on easy catch up. Nothing major seems to be happening with it. But I like this one. I thought the on-screen chemistry between Daredevil and She-Hulk was good. I still, there's still weird things with the CGI. I don't know if they didn't have a full budget for it or they used it up in certain aspects because there was one point where Jen was to She-Hulk while we were on that mission and then the camera pans away and it pans back and she's sat in her jumpsuit as Jen. I'm thinking, why would you have done that for 15 minutes and then come back and then have to change back into She-Hulk? Other than, I don't know, it's a budget thing and it's just easier to do it that way. But, yeah, that's yeah one of the better ones so far. I think we've had a lot of filler episodes that really they could have been cut and you wouldn't have known, you wouldn't have made a difference. Whereas I think this one, I think will mean something going forward. All right. And Charlie. I, I agree, Dan, the, the, the filler episodes are two till eight. So yeah, just cut those. And then, yeah, you get her and Bruce Banner, you know, missing around on the Island and stuff like that. Yeah. Series over, but uh, series two coming soon. Um, as I pointed out many times, this series is not for me. It's not made for me. So why why should I? Uh, it's I still watch it. And do you know what? I still watch it in the sense that I haven't I haven't watched Loki, right? I'm not interested. But there is there is something like it must be a masochistic sense of just wanting to see what happens next that I watch this show. And that's absolutely true. There is nothing at the end of it. There's nothing that I've enjoyed about it. And there's nothing that I've taken away from it and gone. Oh, that was really cool. I am not the target audience and there is a target audience. And I just had to accept it's not for me. It's just, it's not, you know, I mean, the same way that Miss Marvel was probably not made for me. That was made for a target audience, but that happens all the time. I just thought with something as universal as Marvel, they would just try and encapsulate everybody. But it seems like what we're seeing now is, oh, we're trying to get this audience. Or we're trying to get that audience. Or we're trying to get that audience. Why don't you try and get everybody? Why don't you try and get everybody like Infinity War? Why don't you just get everybody on board, you know, rather than trying to single out and write for a particular demographic? I just, I, I don't understand it. When it comes to this series, I'm going to have to defer to you, Fedra, in fact, probably you all. I mean, here's me. I, I was thinking Dan is, hasn't watched Daredevil, and you, and you will have watched Daredevil. I'm the out, odd one out. When Daredevil appears in Spider-Man, I thought, I haven't watched this series, but even though he's in it, barely in it, that's really cool. Matt Murdock looks really cool, and I really need to get off my behind and watch this show and get into it. If I take took this as a, as a reason, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near Daredevil. Because I I, yeah, I just went, what the, what? What <laughs> the Jenkins? Yeah, what the Jiggins? It, exactly. Oh, Jiggins, what the Jiggins okay. is going on with the show, and and even turning to the camera and going, oh wait a minute, I've got Gala to go to. Oh, this feels like it should be end of the show. She even comes in and does the Ferris Bueller thing, and I'm like, how dare you? Where she goes, oh, you still here? That's a bit weird. I'm like, oh. But I will watch next week's 
and I will hate myself for watching next week's, but I will well, still watch it. Last one, final episode. <sighs> Where Tim Roth and... Something's got to happen. Yeah, it's got to be, and it's, you know, you called that joke, so... So, but 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 tell me, just answer me the question, and then I'll be quiet. With with the Daredevil, is this that is not? Please tell me that that's not a representation of the show of what the, the no. Daredevil shows like. Not at all. No. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank Do you, you. want to you want to go, Fedra? Oh yeah, I'm completely opposite, which is really weird because throughout this whole freaking show, I've not liked it one bit, and this is probably the best episode. Mm. ever uh out of the show and it is a filler uh there are narratives in there that i did not like uh but to rate it i would probably rate it a high seven which i can't even believe i almost wanted eight and the reason why is because it actually fulfilled the things that i wanted it i wanted there to be daredevil he was there there was action great she finally got pissed off great she got violent finally and then, of course, there's a little bit of comedy and a little bit of the desperate romance in there. I kind of like it, but then I kind of don't because I want her to be empowering. So it is very hypocritical for you to be so desperate that now you're getting hot and heated because of the other attorney. Because, oh, yeah, he actually knows what he's doing, just like you do in your job profession. So you're just going to go out for the drink and just get laid. Like, I didn't really like that part because, you know, when you see her. And all of her anger and empowerment, you didn't need all the, you know, the gala, the dress, the, you know, whatever. Like, I love the fact that in that image, they showed her hair and they showed her eyes and they showed her face and they saw that like, hey, she lost control. And it was like, finally. But why did it have to take until the the, the end of the season? I'm going to mimic Joe. Why didn't we see that on episode two right away? Show the whole thing. Like, that's what we want to see. We want to see She-Hulk's you know, struggle of that balance that, you know, Bruce was talking about from the beginning. And then here we are literally toward the end. Um, I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. And at times Rick goes right into the audience, but he's not cute. He's not pretty. You know, he barfs and curses and he's not a hero. Yeah. He's like in your face, you know? Um, So that's why I don't like in this series that she does that. Uh, wasn't very in particular of that. Uh, the designer, so annoying. Oh, I mean, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Should have said, I mean, yeah. I, I like the concept of him as, as a character, but whoever's playing him, mm. like, just cut down the sass. Like, it doesn't yeah, need to be that him sassy. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I, I don't like him. No. Like Serge having, from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. Like having having yeah. Daredevil in it, I love the actor because I don't know if this was director attention or of him really knowing the character, but it was like, yeah, we have to do all these things in here, but we want to just plop you right in here. And he's like, great, I'm going to work with it. And he did. Like, to me, I literally can see him going from that She-Hulk episode back to Daredevil being dark as you know what. Um, I love the scene where, you know, he's trying to tell her, like, this isn't my first rodeo. It's yours. I know how to get into this warehouse. This is what we're going to do. This is how many people there are. And this is how I'm going to, you know, do it in stealth mode. I love that. Like, that's now my little catchphrase now after that thing. Stealth mode. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to add it in my life, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I love that. And, and then she's like, well, you have your way and I have my little smash way. 
And I thought that was really cute. It was kind of a, a way of showing teamwork and also that hate to break it to everybody. So if you hate me after this episode, that's fine. Women communicate and do things differently than men in general. And men communicate and do things differently also. So I love the fact that they show that in this episode and they go together. Now, at the end of it, the fact that they got it on and stuff. Cool. Okay. I'm down with that because in Daredevil, he got around in those comics. Good for him. What I don't like is showing the narrative of the male being shamed. Yes. Mm. That is a complete double standard when you're going toward the woman and now you're doing it to the man. You are no freaking better. You are a hypocrite. I'd clap. I had to do that. OK, I'm, I'm, and it's not because I'm standing up for men. I'm standing up for everybody. You, you, you just it does not make sense. What's that's not logical. I mean, was it entertaining to see it? Yeah, especially with the woman walking her dog and she's like, what the heck is that? Like, like that was cool. But again, you know, those are the narratives that ruin it for me. It's like I I'm enjoying it, enjoying it. And then it's like you had to sprinkle that you had to put it in there right at there. Like, well, that's really. work. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's work. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it. what am I going to expect from the ending? You know, I don't know. I, I do love that they showed, you know, at the gala how she's being, you know, humiliated. I really the reason why I do see it like like that is because that is happening to a lot of people in reality. And it doesn't matter from what walk of life, what religion or spiritual background, what gender orientation, like it is happening. I don't like that they have to just show it off again, because to me, it's like, (laughs) this is what's really happening. I hope you're enjoying it in your entertainment just to brainwash you just once again, that if you mess up or if you say the wrong thing, we're just going to emulate everything and humiliate you and take you away from your career and ruin your whole life. You know, like, no, I don't like that message. And that shouldn't be shown to children or young adults or adults, just period. It shouldn't happen, but it does. And so to me, I like that she got mad and I like that they showed violence in that way. She didn't harm anyone, but she did mess up some screens. So I do see that, but it's also showing this projection of you can do violence, but you can only do it so far. You can do violence, but only the way that we want to show you how you do violence. That's not freedom. And I don't think that's the Hulk. Very good. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'll, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say sorry. Uh, got really passionate. <laughs> that was good. I was Absolutely. I, was I, I would yeah. say just before you just before you speak, Joe. That's that's the interesting thing would be when when the tape was up there of her in the bedroom, and so like the sex tape. But there was part of me who was like thinking, is this is this some sort of commentary on women that have risen to risen to fame and fortune yeah so we've got three famous ones paris hilton pam randerson and kim kardashian where they accidentally leaked and yeah i I just thought that that they were going to make some point with that but they they never went anywhere and i still don't understand why the hacker would be in the same room (laughs) that makes no no sense um sorry joe oh sorry no i'm just gonna say i thought it was a dumb episode i really didn't like it that much I mean, it was nice to see Daredevil, but this episode didn't do any 
favors for Daredevil at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that walk of shame, like you said, that just is not Daredevil. He would not do something like that. It, it's just they don't know the character. And I think that's part of the problem with the series. Part of the, I mean, I do like the series because it's light and it can be funny at times. But I, I know it's a bunch of women that are writing this series and directing this series. And I think it's like, well, it's almost like they're making Seinfeld, but they're, well, well, let's make them all superheroes. And they're like, all right, well, let me tell you first about Thor. You know, and it's like, well, he's got blonde hair and he's got a hammer. It's like, yeah, but there's more to him. It's like, no, that's okay. We got to cover. We know what he, he is. We don't need anything more because it's just going to overcomplicate things. And I think that that's what they get. It's like when they introduce characters, and including the She-Hulk into the series, they don't really know the character. They, they just want to push what they want us to see. And sometimes it's funny, and uh, but sometimes I could see it upsetting fans. And, and I feel like they did a real injustice to the character Daredevil because that's just not him. And uh, and I, I, I kind of laughed at that he slept with her because it's like, really? well, yeah, because I mean, I know he's blind, you know, but I'm pretty sure he would said, I'm good. <laughs> you know, she approached him. It's like, hey, you know, because I I'm sorry. I don't think she's attractive in the least. And she's sleeping with all these guys. It's just a fantasy thing. It's similar to like what they did with Miss Marvel, which I know most of you guys didn't see it, but everybody, every male on that show, and most of them were very attractive. They were all attracted to her instead of her hot friends for some reason. And it's, it kind of reminds me of like King of Queens where you had like the fat Kevin James guy and he's married to the hot wife. And even in the honeymooners, they had that like foul, fat Jackie Gleason married to, you know, yep. a normal looking girl and all that stuff. It's like, because you, you, you're going after that that group of people, like the fat guy that's like, well, yeah, I can get a hot wife just like Kevin James, you know? Um, and I think that they're doing that with She-Hulk, too. It's like, you don't have to be attractive or Miss Marvel, you know, to, to land these good men and everything. But that's not really how life works, especially in a situation like She-Hulk, where she just meets him and she's just very kind of snarky to him, very sarcastic and all that. I don't think that would ever happen in a million years. And plus Daredevil, I haven't watched all three seasons of it. I'm I'm sure that he's still with Karen Page. You know, why would he even be promiscuous with Jen of all people if he's got Karen Page? Sorry. Well, to me, I thought it was that they were similar. The fact that they're both attorneys and he planted that seed to her that you can do good either way. And the fact that they both have, you know, this kind of agenda of, you know, her realizing herself as a like superhero because she kept pointing out like she has an actual power and he doesn't. But yet he's completely like independent of his own strength. That's what I saw. Well, I I saw like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I don't care if I meet a girl and she's got the same car as me. She likes buffalo chicken sandwiches and everything else that i like i ain't gonna sleep with her if i'm not attracted to her you know on the first night uh, that's just how i i see it um i don't know i i, I just think it was a disservice to the because and another thing too with daredevil he would never be appearing in daytime out in the open because he basically operates in the shadows <laughs> and that costume is horrible it's that was his original costume in the comics. And the reason why they changed that costume is because that costume sucked and they wanted to make him look more threatening. So they made him more red. And 
I, I hate when they do that. Why would you do something like that when you have him looking cool? We people recognize him as Daredevil all in red now. And now they're like, well, let's put yellow and red because that was his original costume. Why would he change his costume if he's been wearing red for as long Absolutely. as he has been? That's it, it, true. That's valid. It, it's just, you know, again, like almost like, well, this is for the fans, you know, and but the fans don't really. That's the problem is they don't know what the fans want. You know, with this series, but again, like I, I've said it over and over again, I still enjoy it. But I, I think that sometimes they make mistakes. Um, I, uh, I another thing I thought was weird is do they really have female lawyer of the year <coughs> categories? Isn't that sexist? Like where they were like, all right, we're going to nominate th- these are the women that are nominated for female lawyer of the year. Do do they have something like that? Maybe, maybe again, maybe I'm looking I'm too much try into and look. it. Yeah, because I think <laughs> that's, I've never heard of insane. it. Yeah, I mean, say lawyer of the year or something like that, but I think that's kind of weird. Um, my nephew had mentioned like this. making fun. What you say? No, go ahead. I was gonna say, could it have been like making fun of? Almost like a, it was like a token award, sort of like. I know, just companies and st- have like programs and stuff like or like initiatives and go oh look to, to see the good that they're doing but it's actually just to tick a, a box with hr so they're like all oh, right um, um okay right we'll do female lawyer female lawyer of the year award and all of the female lawyers will get it so look we're ticking this box from a company like you know Within. It's just it's it's dumb writing because I mean she only had two cases so I doubt you would win uh, female lawyer of the year from having two cases and I think she lost one of them so I, I don't know it's just stupid it's it's, it's the writing um, but yeah women's I, women's bar association announces oh, really? that in two thousand and two woman lawyer of the year was Chief Judge Anita Jossie Herring. Okay. So, yeah, it's a real thing. So we need to have male lawyer of the year award. Female lawyers need not apply. Well, know? and also the LGBTQTAQA plus as well for every year. Well, they'll eventually separate those into categories yes. so that you get, they can have 20 different people, you know, win the award. Um, I don't know. And, and so then the, the villain... And uh, Dan and I had talked about this because I've been pushing the last couple of weeks about Overlord DVD, who's also known as Doomcock. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely ripped him off. Uh, yeah. And at first I was like, eh, I don't know. But then I compared the masks. They're almost identical. And I watched his latest episode. And it's kind of funny because he was pissed off. like, And you can see like he was kind of nervous. And I'm like dude you're a character you, you know you realize that you're a character you shouldn't be showing that you this is bothering you so much um because that's how he's making his money he's just making his money people viewing he does have inside sources the character of overlord dvd what he is he's basically he's the future ruler of the planet earth and his whole thing is that he's come back from the future to let us know all of the geeky things that have happened uh that's his his spiel but he does have sources inside various studios. And uh, I guess like he talks to like insiders and all that. So he does get some things right. And he gets some things wrong. So like he'll talk about She-Hulk and he doesn't like them. And, and But for some reason, 
it hit a nerve with them and they're like, well, now we need to make fun of this guy because, uh, you know, how dare he say something negative about our show. But it just what it did is it just painted a big target on him. And people that didn't know who he was now do know who he is. And not only that, but they know that he's got some valid validity, you know, to his the things that he says, because it's upsetting them. It, it just was so stupid. It's like I can even see if they did something like that. Just don't do the masks, because it was just so obvious that, you know, from the masks that they were mocking him. And, you know, he, he speaks in that voice, too. And from what I've been watching, he doesn't speak that negatively about it. He speaks negatively about a lot of things, but you should watch that Star Wars girl. She must have 30 negative episodes on why she can't stand She-Hulk. And I am surprised that they didn't go after her because she really goes hard against them. But it, it just was stupid. But my nephew is saying that he thinks that it's that guy, Todd you know, who is like the guy that met her on online dating and uh, he's looking into. Yes, I, think it, I agree. You know, oh, you agree? Yeah, especially because sense. the way that uh, he invited her for for the drink to talk about mm. the Waganda spear. That's what really like I was thinking about it before, but that's what really hit me. It's like, well, if I were to try and kill Hulk, how would I try to kill Hulk? Like what weapon? would definitely injure and, and that way I can get the blood or do whatever. And that's when I saw that, I was like, Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> You're ahead of me. I mean, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, I didn't see that, you know, well, I guess what sometimes I watch it and I do turn my brain off. So I'm, I'm not that focused on things like you are, but you're probably right. I didn't think about that. I you still said, think you said, you said it well, Joe. No, this series, this series is the type of series that you can watch where you turn your There's brain. There's nothing wrong with that, though. You know, it's like if you just want to come home and relax and just not think for a while and just be entertained, that's fine. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, but I still think it's Blonsky. Uh, I, I think that he's behind it some way because I still say, you know, that his inhibitor was malfunctioning. Something must happen. He said that he hit an electric fence and then there was no Wi-Fi in his little area. I. I just think it was some kind of trap to get her to have her guard down and not think that it's him. And plus he was the abomination. I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel that we might see him in the last episode, but from what my nephew said and what you guys, especially Frederick, what you said, yeah, it's probably Todd. I'm going to be checking out what the, that, that star Wars girl. You like should, dude. Sounds like something I should watch. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't seen her on the, the shows that you watch. She sometimes comes on Friday Night Tights. Okay. She sometimes comes on there, yeah, but yeah, not very often. She is very right-leaning. She's pretty... She's easy on the eyes, too, which is kind of nice. Um, I think that that helps. She's got a calendar where she, like, I think uh, does these superheroes and, and video game characters you, you would love. <laughs> Most people would love uh, steady it. on. I'll just go with I'll listen to her opinion. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll leave it at then that. I'm not I'm not into ordering Christmas calendars. All right. <laughs> uh anyway, I guess that's about it. Like well, let's say you have any final thoughts you know, anybody want to say anything before we get into um oh, no, I thought Federer was spot on with the, the, the thing with the walk of shame uh, is I mean, even a friend comes in and goes, 
there's a guy outside doing the walk of shame and she does exactly the same thing as women as men would do to women and she thinks oh, it's funny and then she went oh wait a minute was that walk of shame something to do with you girlfriend and you're like oh goodness right. sake but if goodness a man sake. does that that makes oh, them completely we're, horrible yeah for yeah doing we're, the we're exact same thing. yeah 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 we're yeah. horrific we just yeah girlfriend <laughs> Mm-hmm. Her friend, her, her who who is the person with her? Is that her assistant? Yeah, I think so. Right, annoying. Yeah, she's alright. I, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with her. I would say for me, yeah, the most annoying character in that show is the designer. Designer, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I so like, remember earlier I when liked, I said self-centered like, narcissist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I we mean, go. I like the character. It's just they're they're just magnifying it like it doesn't it doesn't need to be that sassy like honestly like again like if i was she hulk i would have put him in the place like yeah you're making the dress me too i thought she was gonna do that okay like i just saved you you could have been in a totally horrible situation he's just like yeah i'm not a monster i'm gonna make your dress don't worry about it it's like oh no yeah you know what i thought it was gonna be like (laughs) You remember Ruby Rod from uh, the yeah. Fifth Element, like yeah. when he's with Bruce I love Willis, Ruby and he's like, Rod. and he's like, yeah. like he goes, "What was that? What was that? What was that?" And then Bruce Willis just grabs him by the neck. Yes, and, you know that's what I thought we were going to see. Thank uh, you. Instead, uh, they but, the, but that was good in the Fifth Element here. Well, because see, in in the Fifth Element, Ruby Rod is a entertainer, which is really from how I was seeing it. He was kind of emulating those eighties, nineties, you know men that were doing like pop culture as a as a dj or as an actual singer and they were very androgynous that was the the theme there so i guess they were just he was doing his own flip but i didn't see him as you know i saw him as bisexual even then and i was probably too young to even recognize that but i did you know because obviously he's going on with a girl in the freaking plane you know he's not talking about no dude you know and then he records her on his little Sorry, I'm a big fan, so I know every inch of that movie. Um, you know, he plays it <laughs> really? on his little thing. He's like, yeah, check it out what I got. It's like, okay, you just have random women moaning for you on your little recorded device. Okay. But, you know, like, but when you look at him, then you're like, oh, he's flamboyant. It's like, no, honey, he just has style. Do you see his hair? It's perfect. Do you see his his entourage? They're all good looking guys and they're all like worshiping him. And then on top of that, he has this great gown and then he's surrounded by sexy women. Come on. Like, come on. But that's not in this case. This guy is just rude and annoying. knows how to dress oh, and knows annoying. how to design stuff. Like super green, super green. <laughs> All right, let's get into werewolf by night. Um maybe yes, we'll let I can't maybe wait we'll let Frederick go last. Let me let me fill up my tea, but I I can't wait to hear what you guys say. And maybe we sure. should go to the bathroom, take a bathroom break before we get into this. <laughs> All right, uh so you guys all seen it, Charlie, Dan? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Charlie, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, I'll be quick. Uh, honestly, really. And can somebody tell me where this came from? Can somebody, has there got any? It's a comic uh, book. It, it, so it is actually a comic book. Well, I, I was confused because, again, I, these are comics I didn't read. They used to have Man-Thing and they used to have uh, actually Man-Wolf, I think. Um, actually, well, Man Wolf, I think, might have been a Spider-Man villain. Uh, I don't know, but I, but they did have Werewolf by Night, and I just wasn't interested in it because for me, Wolfman 
it, it was the Wolfman Universal. You know, Lon Chaney was the Wolfman. Hmm. Um, Bella Lugosi was Dracula. I don't want to see any other Dracula. Even you know uh, Gary Oldman. It was a good movie, but Bella Lugosi will always be Dracula to me. Um, you know, and for me, Lon Chaney will always be the Wolfman. I I just didn't. I didn't give a damn. I especially didn't give a damn about reading comic books about Wolfman. You know, right. just don't feel it belonged in the Marvel universe. But Man Thing, who was that creature that they call Ted, he he was another character that was in the comics, and I didn't like him either because he reminded him and Swamp Thing are very similar. Except Swamp Thing's DC, Man Thing is. But I think they're both dumb characters. But anyway, go ahead. No, uh, I just didn't know what to make of it. Um, I had Amanda came in a third of the way through, sat and watched it, even though horror's not her thing, but it wasn't really horror. It was just, you know, what it, what it was. Um, it just didn't make sense. I mean, it didn't, it didn't make sense for it to exist. I mean, I, I was, I was like wondering where it where it came from so thanks at least you told me it's from the comic books but it was poorly done it was just it felt like it was poorly made it felt like it was very formulaic it felt like it was there was no there's no real reason for it to exist and i didn't i didn't even enjoy it as a self-contained story um and again, maybe I'm just not the, as I say, you know, if I don't know where the backstory is, I can't get excited about it. And if I can't get excited about it, and then I go and then I, I watch, I didn't think the acting was particularly good. Um, I don't have much to, which is why I wanted to go first, because I don't really have much to say about it, apart from I didn't enjoy it. But I, I was waiting for, and I'm really glad that, I, I mean, I'm always glad to see you, Fedra, but... I'm really glad that I'm on the podcast <laughs> where where you can you can fill in not only fill in all the gaps but but look at all this symbolism. And on a final note, there's one thing that I must you're on you're on mute, so I couldn't oh, sorry. hear you. But so, so you get to see the passion side oh, of my absolutely. face too. <laughs> First hand. I know I know if you weren't on this one, we would have heard it next week and you would have you would have oh, you would have had definitely. absolutely. So I'm glad I've got front row seats. But what hmm. I would say is, if I can't rush, and this is just me, if I can't rationalize why something's been put on screen and it's poor quality and it's not very good and it's not very well acted, then do you know what, Fedra, for this, for this, well, actually, and I've agreed with you on many other times, but for this one, I'm going to say, was there an ulterior motive? That there's just, because when, when, you, when you get rid of everything else, I only have that as an explanation left because I didn't enjoy it. Oh, wait for Fedra on that one. I'm, I'm going to go really quick. Um, and I'm going to say I thought it could have been worse, but I also thought it could have been better. I, I, you know, I really won't watch it again or anything like that. I think it's not that they – now, Fedra might prove me wrong. There could be an ulterior motive. But I think it's more that they're scraping the bottom of the barrel – and they just are throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks. And they're like, oh, well, there's, we own the rights to Werewolf by Night. Do you want to do a show about that? It's like, yeah, let's do that, you know. And uh, what, what bothered me, which is people are going to think I'm weird for this, is that Michael Giacano directed it. And he's a composer. Like, he's done Ratatouille. He's done Up. He's done Incredibles, Star Trek, Rogue One. You know, he's a very famous composer. 
And now all of a sudden they're having him direct it. Like he wanted to direct it, but it's like, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm like prejudiced when it comes to something like that. If you're good at something, stay there. Like, I don't want to hit him to give up his uh, composing career, just to start directing movies. Now it's kind of like when actors start directing movies, like some of them are good, but the majority of them are like, yeah, they're okay. Or movies direct themselves. Like, what's her face that I can't stand Bryce Dallas Howard. They gave her all this credit for all this crap, you know, but she's, she's not a good actress and she's not a good director there. I've said it. That's right. Email me if you got a problem. Um, but I just don't like when, you know, people get out of the lane with something like that. Um, he's got no experience directing anything. And it's almost like, it's like, well, for, we owe you a favor so you can direct this. It's like, yippee yahoo. It wasn't bad. You know, like, again, I, I didn't think the acting was that bad. Um, I thought the way that they did the whole thing, like they tried to hawk him back to those 1950s thrillers and they kind of showed some grain and the, the black and white footage. And then they showed the breaks in between the reels of the films. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get what you're going for. Did we need it? No. If, if you liked it and made you smile for doing it, good for you. I mean, I'd rather you focus more on a good story than adding that crap. Um, like I said, I'm I was never a fan of Swamp Thing. I think he's a dumb creature, and I don't like that they brought him in. You know what I found interesting? I was like watching that that one like lead uh, woman that brought everybody together. Together, her name was uh, Verusa. I was like, I know that woman. I know that woman. You know, and I just couldn't put it together. That's BB from Frasier. You remember uh, BB was his agent? Anybody watch Frasier? <laughs> yeah, I watch Frasier. I don't remember his agent. Yeah, no, she was like she's another she's another uh, films, and I did write her name down. Uh, Harriet Samson Harris. I was just looking for it because she's phenomenal. She knows how to be creepy. <laughs> I know her as BB because it's like she was just like the agent from hell. Uh, and like she would always try to get him whatever she could by ruining other actors or uh, personalities, careers and sleeping with, uh, you know, whoever she had to in order for Frazier to get her. She was very good in the show. But anyway, I, I thought more people would have recognized her. And my big complaint that I, I don't know what what period this took place in. Um, I couldn't figure that out. I didn't notice any cars or anything. But it looked like it took place in Europe, either Italy or Germany or something like that. Um, Again, it's Disney being overly diverse because you had a white male, you had a white female, you had a black male, you had a Hispanic male, you had an Asian male. And then what looked to me, I think you also had a transgender in there, you know, and I just think it's like, would that happen? Like, say it like it took place in Italy. And they all met at a mansion in Italy. Would, ever, would it be that diverse or would it be more like the townspeople that were werewolf hunters, like because they had problems with the werewolf? Would, would they all be of uh, a different ethnicity? And that kind of always throws me out of it. It's like it's like you, you have to sacrifice authenticity in order for the sake of diversity. And I just think that that's a mistake. You can make movies about diverse characters and it, and it worked like in Canto. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it. I watched more of it recently, but I liked that they were, they were all represented and we got to see that side of, I guess it was Columbia where they were, but you don't always have to have it where everybody has to be at the table or else, 
you know, someone's going to accuse you of racism for being too white or too Asian or, or, or too male or whatever. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, I But that's how I felt. It, it just, I'm never going to watch it again. I thought it was overly violent. Uh, I'm surprised. I think Walt, if they could bring him back from the dead, from his frozen chiro chamber, I think that he'd be probably die again to know like something like that had the Disney name on it. And it was part of Disney plus, you know, uh, because I don't think that that was something that he would sign off on because it, it was pretty damn violent. And I can even overlook the, the beheadings, but the throat slicing, that's, I think going a little too far. They really, I really feel like Disney is, is losing their way. And uh, I, I assume, I remember, you know, our, our fearless leader, Tom Corliss, told me a long time ago when Disney bought Marvel and they brought Star Wars, again, they were trying to expand and, you know, have bringing more money, bringing more fans and all that stuff. And I used to write a lot of articles about Star Wars and Marvel. And he told me, he says, the thing about Star Wars and Marvel is that fans, Disney fans will love Star Wars because they grew up with Princess Leia and Luke and Han Solo and Chewbacca and Darth Vader. And it's like something that they have in a kinship to. It's like most Disney fans or most Star Wars fans are like kind of like back and forth. They're, like, they're, they're this, in the same category because they've experienced that. Marvel is a tricky thing because there is a lot of things in Marvel that have violence in it where you can't really picture Wolverine walking around down main street with claws popping out. Uh, I think a lot of pure Disney fans would not accept that. And, you know, I'm, I lost my point actually, but my, my point is I, I think that Disney is, is getting too involved with Marvel now and they're ruining it. And I'll leave that for another topic. Um, but I think that they need, they're another one that they need to stay in their lane, do Disney animated stuff, leave Marvel up to Marvel, leave Star Wars up to Star Wars, because the more you start touching something that you don't really know too much about, you're just going to ruin it for everybody. Um, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to end. Let's have Dan go. And then we will be waiting for Fedra's opinion. Um, I won't be too quick, but, I think it brings back to a point that Charlie made before and then you double down on it, Joe, is that Marvel are going for more selective audiences with the, the content that they're coming up with at the moment, especially with the Disney Plus series. Um, I think they set out to make like a bit of a throwback corny to the, like you said, the old horror. And I think they did an all right job of it. I mean, it was... It was a, a bit like She-Hulk. It was an easy watch. You didn't need to think a lot. I thought it moved quite quickly for something that was supposed to be like 50 minutes. I was kind of surprised when it had finished. I was like, all oh, right, that's it. Mm, yeah. to be. It could have been longer. Quite quick. Yeah, but I'm glad it wasn't. Like, I think that we got enough of it. I don't think we needed, I don't think more of it would have made it any better. And I don't think less of it. I think it, it's, sort of fine as it is I don't think I think it's one of those that exists the um, I thought that they used the sound well just to make it you know just add those jumps I'm not a big horror movie guy so those things are just 
it was it was a nice it's accessible for a lot of people you know if, you, if you're not into the, those horror movies um i thought for something where they tried to make it look awful the cgi was good mm. um ted i thought especially mm-hmm. in the end when he went to color i thought when we we spoke every week about she hulk which has been marketed a lot more i imagine had a much bigger budget but at the end ted looked very realistically with the CGI, whereas every week they still can't get She-Hulk right. Um, you mentioned about the the real flicks. Is that what that like white oval was? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. So, I had to rewind it initially because I thought there was something going on with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, no. Like when a projector, somebody running a projector sees that little circle, that means they have to right. start changing the reels. Right. So yeah, I was going to ask about that, um, but. But yes, yeah, I mean, I imagine maybe it'll tie in a bit potentially down the line with Blade and maybe is it um, Kit Harrington's character going to be, is it Black Knight or Black Blade? Um, yeah, Jack Turtles. Yeah, yeah. And, and Moon Knight as well. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine maybe it'll tie in with those, a, could have, you know, a little bit, but yeah, it's, it was fine if nobody ever watched it i would be like oh no you're missing out and if somebody says oh i can't wait to see it i'm like okay enjoy it's yeah yeah, yeah it exists it, you know it exists yeah absolutely yeah. and the sound and you're right means- We've, i've got i've got a sound set up all around and super yeah. spent loads of money on it that was good sound you're right i, I should have yeah. pointed that out all right the so we're ready you ready for the big one all right, <laughs> yeah, i've got my popcorn Oh, I'm going to put my blue light glasses on so I feel like a professor, you know, just for myself. So well, I first, feel, before, you, smart. before you get into <laughs> everything, just like in a quick yeah. thing, did you like it? So uh, for many people, I'm sure they're going to be surprised that for a lot of my life, um, up until 2014, I watched every horror film from 1950 to probably early 2000s. So I used to watch all of it. Uh, There's a lot of symbolism in a lot of those films. Uh, But what I noticed when I was changing my life and really going towards spirituality, once again, I was advised that as an empath, words, images that our mind projects are so powerful that we still don't even understand the concept of that yet. So when you are watching something, your mind really cannot differentiate what is what is it that they're seeing or thinking. And when you are empathic and you're feeling that, some people that are very sensitive to it feel it like it's theirs. And that is what occurred in my case. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of nightmares, and through, you know, obviously through spiritual advisement, they told me to step away from it. So since 2014, I don't watch horror movies. I only watch this because of our discussion with Joe that he really wanted my perspective. So oh, well, I'm sorry, I, you, but you don't have I, to I did that. that but, but this film wasn't that bad. It was definitely not as disturbing as many other films that I've seen. Uh, used to be, I don't know if you ever heard of the very underrated film Nightbreed. Yeah, and I've heard of that. 
fabulous, but very dark film. If anyone wants to go into the 80s and watch that, very interesting, uh, but very disturbing. I still remember those scenes like it was yesterday. So if you like the homage of, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, 1950s, 1960s horror films, uh, then you will love this. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when they're focusing on Elsa in the cage and you're hearing and seeing in the shadows the, cha- the shape-shifting of the werewolf. You know, Hitchcock would do that. He wanted you to imagine it. Again, your mind is so powerful that you don't have to see it. You can come up with the most disturbing things in your mind already. So that I did like. Uh, Also in Rosemary's Baby, you never see Satan's baby, but you can imagine when she's screaming, you know, look at its eyes. You imagine what this, you know, abomination or whatever you would want to say it to be. So overall, I mean, as a Halloween film, I'd probably rate it about a five or a six. It was okay. I was very surprised to find out that it was the composer. Uh, I would probably want to ask the executives, why Why did you choose this film to be the first film that you direct? And uh, who came up with the storyline? Because there's some things that I will point out that I don't believe that they just put it all together and they didn't know what they were doing. I call BS on all of that. And I'll, I'll show you uh, in just a second. But, um, you know, I like that it was black and white and it had that homage again. Uh, the music was great, but also disturbing because, you know, it has some Latin text in there. So it gives you that kind of ritual, you know, ceremonial type of vibe, which is creepy. And I mean, it's supposed to be creepy. So that's that's the other thing. Like, this is intended for that Halloween fear, horror spirit. But, you know, when you look at the actual holiday of Halloween, that is uh, very similar to the Day of the Dead, where you pay your respects to your ancestors. And it is the thinnest uh, day of the harvest for the veil if you want to communicate with the dead or if you do want to practice witchcraft or paganism or Wiccan. Uh, so it, it's it's in... It's in regards to how the, the stars and the planets are moving at that time, that that specific time, that weekend, basically. So that's October 30th, 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd. You know, there's a reason why even in, in Latin and Hispanic culture, the Day of the Dead is November 1st into the November 2nd. You know, those are things that they, you know, looked mathematically in, in constellation to choose that. Like, it's not just, oh, we're just going to choose November 2nd. No, that that didn't occur that way. You know, back in the day, choosing holidays and choosing dates were so crucial. Uh, lords, you know, chose advisors and astrologers to choose those dates. So it, that's not a coincidence. So, yeah, for that kind of holiday vibe, Yeah, I think, great. If you're not sensitive to, you know, throat slitting and, you know, occult rituals and werewolves and shape-shiftings, then this is a great film. Do I think it's really for children? I really hope not. I really hope not that children are are watching this. They should go watch Hocus Pocus 2 or, you know, something of that nature, much lighter. Uh, I am also surprised that this kind of heaviness would be in Disney Plus because, Again, if you're not a 
parent that's monitoring their kids. I mean, this could be shown at any, you know, holiday gathering. And I'm sorry to sound conservative in that way, but there's just things in this particular film that would be harmful. And I'm just thinking about the kid that, you know, can't sleep at night. They're anxious. You know, they're holding their teddy bear, you know, just not a good um, feeling. Holding their teddy bear. Yeah. would be yeah. crapping their pants if they're holding their teddy bear and watching this. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so tell us some of the disturbing images. That- well, we're going to, we're going to start soft. <laughs> So uh, first in the uh, in the intros, you know, they show you some, you know, sketches of like, you know, vampires uh, or bats. Uh, They show you the uh, interesting uh, Siamese swamp, you know, creatures, uh, which is written in in Latin. Uh, And there's also uh, heavily triangle images. Now, triangles are the old one of the oldest symbols in all of humanity. Okay, just just take it from there. And I have an article here that I just want to read briefly. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Cadet Soedarto. He is a navigator and former lecturer on astronomy, the author of Logical Fallacies of Special and General Theory of Relativity. Uh, And it states that all things in the universe is energy. Therefore, it can be postulated that the universe is energy. Triangle of energy is the three class of energy that construct the universe. The triangle is a model for understanding the level of energy. This consists of three levels of energy, undetectable, invisible, and visible. So structurally, the celestial bodies, which would be visible energy, which is the sun, the moon, the planets, and the stars. Invisible energy would be low and very low density energy. And then undetectable energy is extremely low density energy. So I'm just going to leave it there. If you guys want me to send you that or any resources that I say, you know, let me know. uh, Because I am very much like you all that I am always skeptical and I'm always wanting to, you know, have the resources to back what I say. So that's a very specific thing talking about the energy of the world here this is going to be about dark energy obviously so very interesting that there is triangles and then there's also circles obviously in this uh film so one is the cage that you do see the werewolf and the sacrifice which is elsa at that point and also how they said that the creator created the dome place for that ceremony now for me i thought that was extremely uh disturbing like a light bulb came on for me because if you again if you read and research just a fun fact uh hitler since you talked about him earlier hitler actually devised a dome building uh in germany and that was for specific uh rituals because he was heavily into the occult and he even had private psychics himself uh he was fascinated and he was obsessed with finding the um spear of destiny that's another uh thing that you can look into but i just found it interesting that of everything you know they're choosing a dome and many uh structures that are not christian so those are other religious structures that are in modern day also use dome 
uh, buildings. So again, this is about sacred geometry. This is about having mathematical angles and lines in these structures. So it is, again, very thought out. Um, so from there, they go into the bloodstone. Now, a bloodstone is a gemstone. It is a crystal. Now, of course, in occult and in horror movies, you know, they always want to say that there's just one. There's just one powerful one. Yeah, that's BS. I'm sorry. There's thousands of crystals and there's thousands of stones and they have all different kinds of, of uh, meanings. However, whoever did the writing for this kept it extremely accurate to what the stone does and, and heals and helps for us. Again, you know, in, in my belief, everything on this planet has a purpose. And stones are from the earth and have wonderful wisdom and lovely vibrations that we can use to heal ourselves. Now, if you choose not to do it, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that it doesn't have a healing component to it. So you can use it as a tool or you don't. So I will, uh, I wrote some notes, but this is from a book I actually own. It is called The Pocket Book of Stones who they are and what they teach by Robert Simmons. It is a complete Bible, if you will, or encyclopedia of all types of crystals. Uh, it, it's fabulous if you ever want it. And it does fit like a pocket, so it's easy. Anyway, the physical elements of the bloodstone is that it comes, uh, it aids the root chakra, which is the base of your spine. And obviously the element is earth. It is for detoxification, blood, purification for the liver. Emotionally, it inspires courage to face illness and morality. I don't see why, you know, that's not a coincidence that that's there. Um, altruism and a zest for life or vo validity. Spiritually, it is supposed to facilitate dispelling negative energy and it is to enter Christ consciousness. So, that is what the bloodstone will heal. Again, there's many different types of stones, but again, you know, there's not just one that exists. So I think they just use this for glamour at this point. Um, it is not necessarily bright red. Uh, in this photo, it actually looks like a realm of um, green turquoise with a uh, orangey red. Uh, so it's actually a combination, uh, but it, it, it does depend on where you get it. Um, I don't, not in this book, it does not say the origin, uh, but they do state that several crystals are, you know, obviously created on different parts of the world because of the environment. Anyway, uh, so during the, the interesting part of the ritual itself, so this will answer, I think, Joe's question where you can make it very diverse. Yes, most of what I know from occult groups, they were primarily white, middle-aged men. But that is because in those certain parts of the world, when they were writing these books, those were the richest in that time frame of the 19th century. However, I will say that evil is evil. So it doesn't matter if you're Black, Asians, Asian, trans, European, I don't care where you come from. You can be an evil person and want to pursue evil 
and make evil in this world. So they got that right. That's correct. Any part of the world, you can want to sacrifice people in order to have power and to control the masses. Perfectly done. Um, you will see that majority of them were in black. I don't know why the androgynous person was in white. That would not occur. White is a sense of purity. So very interesting. I do not see why a hunter would be wearing white. Also because you just get dirty everywhere. So doesn't really, even for the cast in the film, it doesn't make sense. Um, when she says that during this ritual, they came from all over the globe. I thought that was a nice little hint of globalism, in my opinion. And then they said to shed their masks. So that's very uh, prominent, too. In occult, you know, this is invite only. You have to do some type of form of offering in order to get into these places. And yes, you know, privacy is of the most importance. So usually you are masked or you're offered a mask or you're clothed or you're in robes where you cannot be identified. But when you are in very close uh, encounters, less than 20, that is when usually the masks are off because that is very elite. Now, I found it interesting, and it's another narrative where Elsa is pretty much the black sheep. I thought that was very, you know, sprinkling that in there, where depending on where you are in the line of these bloodstone people, you're going to be accepted or not accepted because you're doing things differently. Um, I mean, that was great for this writing, but usually when you come from a lineage like that, usually everybody is in line or they just kill you. So uh, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously in this film, that's where it went. So I want to just be sure that that's also accurate. Um, and I just didn't like that they were, again, shaming the female. But hey, you know, they want to do that. So uh, Harriet Sampson Harris, she did a great job of really emulating what a leader of the occult would do. She came in with a beautiful black veil. You know, she owned it. She had her guards. She had her beautiful display of dead trophies. She had tons of different weapons for this hunting. They've done it several times. You know, they say that it's a very symbolic and quote unquote sacred ground. Well, it's sacred ground for what they believe to do. So that's why it has that that ambiance to it. Uh, and then. I mean, seeing the guy dead and like talking in that like machinery way. Yes, you could say that that was a form of showing possession once again. To me, I thought they did it really comically and I even laughed. I thought that was ridiculous. But you could state that at that point, his spirit could possess that and show possession and speaking through, you know, to the hunters. I thought he was going to be alive at the end. And, right. And like, and like his head turned when it was on the floor. Yeah, I was fooling you. I never really was dead, you know, <laughs> and I just wanted to, you know, kind of like um, Stardust a little bit. Yeah. Well, you like where they had to find out who is the the one that should be uh, the leader. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, that, yeah. And that whole whole that whole bit, you know, again, is very occult, like all of you have to die. All of you have to suffer to get the power and then you can possess it. All right. That's, you know, very 
dark feeling too. Uh, when you go on the other side of paganism and the other side of Wiccan, it's not like that. It's more collective. It's more community. It's more healing. So that's another thing that that's why I also compare a lot of these things in metaphysics when I talk about Star Wars, because the Jedi doesn't say that. The Sith says there can only be two. That messaging is very prevalent and kind of parallel. Uh, the last most, I guess, I don't want to say it's disturbing, but it just points out directly uh, to a cult uh, once again, is when they did the chanting. Uh, they said in their pledge consistently, so it shall be. Very specific. Remember I said words are very important. So shall it be. So that is extremely similar to the Latin phrase of ut fiat fiat, which is in Latin, which in the Wiccan and pagan is so mot it be. It was a Saxon verb, mot, which meant must. So that would mean it says, so it is required, so must it be. Now, this phrase comes from the Rosicrucians and comes from the Freemasons. Directly, that phrase, no one else, anywhere else. Wikipedia, if you don't believe me. Now, Wiccan and pagans and neo-pagans, which are the new pagans here, they all use it as well. So they will say, so it is above, so below. And when you don't understand where that also comes from, that is also a connection to Satanism, whether they realize it or not. The way that you can tell is if you look at the Baphomet statue, he has one hand up, he has one hand below. That is where that phrase comes. So if you are not aware of that connection, don't say it. Because then others will believe that you are of that context. So that's why when you say certain words in Wiccan, in spells, in conjuring, those words are very specific to create something. It is passed down in lineage of that ancestry. It is in those books. And uh, another thing I didn't mention earlier, if you go back to the credits of the, of the film, there is that circle and it had the Knights Templar. At least that's what they look like. On the left-hand side, there is a cup, which is looking like the Holy Grail. And the Knights Templar, that was one of their tasks was to find it. Which, interesting enough, if you look in that circle, very, very dimly, I don't know why, but there are also Hebrew symbols there. So I don't know if that's Kabbalah or if that's Judaist symbols and numbers, but why is it there? That's my point. Yeah, it's you know, weird I know that, that, that they went so authentically uh, into so much stuff. I mean, why would they do all that? Yeah, that's, that's, just... that's my point. You know, like, that's where I'm like, this has to be deliberate because there's no use like, for that. You can make well, it hokey. It doesn't have to have like that's my when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. Those are those are Jewish symbols. Why why is there Judaism in here? Why is the Knight Templar with the Judaism? Why is there Freemasonry in here? Like that's mm, mm, mm. yeah, like, like <laughs> even in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they had R2D2 and C3PO as hieroglyphics and I don't think that they went that far. It is questionable, but I will, I'm going to stop for a second. So 
don't hate me for this, but how, how much, how, how many pages left do you have? No, that no, was it. I, I, I've got to apologize because I, I only had until quarter two. Um, so I'm going to have to duck off, I'm afraid. But I heard it. I heard it. You did? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe knows what I feel about Andor, so I'd love to have stayed on for that. But honestly, I've just run out of time. I only had until quarter two um, today. So, oh, I'm sorry, you. I ran on. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you for inviting me on. I, I always love being on. It's great. It's wonderful. Oh, it's always fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I learned something. I hope go back and check it out and tell yeah, me. What yeah. you, tell me what you see now. <laughs> <laughs> I always learn listening to this podcast. I wanted great. a point. I wanted a point, Fedra, to just say this. Did you ever hear this quote from uh, Blazing Saddles? You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. <laughs> <laughs> right. And on, on that note, I'm going to say, I'm going to sign off by, by saying, you know, if, if young kids want to watch something, they'd rather watch this than anything with mm-hmm. Bette Midler. That's far more disturbing. But anyway, on that note, cheers, everyone. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bye, Charlie. Charlie. See you, Charlie. Cheers. No, that that was my last bit of it. It, it was that phrasing. Um, there's different Latin that's in the music. So I obviously, because there was no subtitles of what the I'm going to have to go and look up the words of the Latin and see what it says. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's in a nutshell what I thought was very interesting to be in there. And, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, you allow me to to talk about it because you know, I feel like there's a reason why I studied all this. There's a reason why I'm on here to point this out to people because, yeah, like you said, Joe, if people just watch this and turn their brain off, they're still absorbing it and they have no idea what they're really sure. watching. No, I did notice some of the symbols and I was like, hmm, they really wanted to detail it. And I, and I like when, pe- when people go into detail, but I think that I don't know. Yeah. And, and I told you this, I've spoken to you over the phone about this. I think that a lot of these writers, when they do stuff like this, like in Dr. Strange and uh, some of the other movies that you had commented about those symbols being represented is that they kind of do it to egg people on. Like I'm sure that they feel uh, that if somebody that's Christian or Jewish that watches a pro- program like this that they're going to be upset about it you know that there's like a lot of anti-christian symbols in it anti-judaism uh, symbols in it um that it's going to accept them and uh, upset them and what so what they decide to do is like well, let's go really far and we'll do research and make sure that if somebody really does get upset by these things we're going to make sure that they're present so that they're going to question why are they there and stuff like that. But I do think, you know, by you saying this thing, uh, by saying these things, it does bring uh, an alertness to what's going on. And I don't know why they're doing it. Um, at first, like when you started bringing it up, I thought, well, they're just, I don't think they believe in any of this crap. I just think it's, again, they're, they're trying to make it as authentic as possible, but why, <laughs> you know, do they go and cross a line where they didn't have to in certain situations? It's either they, they don't believe in it at all and they just think it's a bit of a joke or they do believe in it and they want to represent it uh, somehow, either, like you said, it, in our faces, subliminally, you know, uh, 
even though, like you said, like I'm turning off my brain, I'm not watching it. It's there, you know, and, and I am absorbing it in some way. So I don't know, but, but maybe that this, but, but what you said can cause people to kind of rise up and say, all right, Disney, what's going on over here? You're supposed to be the family friendly company. And now all of a sudden you're pushing these satanic, satanic images, rituals, um, sacrifices and all these things in your programming. And why is it so on, on point, you know, with, actual sacrifices and rituals it that that is very disturbing like well i definitely want to hear what dan says but i I would just say that you know if they're going to say that this is inclusivity then you wouldn't be putting down christians or or judaism so you know again it's like you you can't down one group or yeah no i know but i'm just saying like oh yeah well we want to include everyone so we want to make horror movies and we want to include the occult it's like okay then you don't need to put but you remember yeah did you ever see indiana jones the temple of doom yes i mean that was uh a lot of was that it was that indian yeah i guess that was Mm -hmm. a a lot of indian rituals and symbolism and all that and i thought they went pretty far with that you know, it's yeah. like it's, you know, being an American raised in North America and not over there, I had no idea that that stuff existed and that they brought it to the forefront of uh, most of the people that loved Indiana Jones in those movies. It's kind of weird, you know. I, I guess they were just trying to tell the story, but it was also kind of freaky to know that stuff like that actually existed. Um, Again, I guess I'm going off on, on my point, but it, it is weird. And, and, and maybe, again, from somebody listening to what you had to say, that maybe somebody will rise up and, you know, and say, well, question Disney. I mean, actually question Disney, contact them and say, what is going on here? Is this something that you should be showing our children? And they they do have a defense where, you know, parents should be monitoring their children. You can, I guess, prevent your children from watching programs like this, but it still shouldn't be on the Disney, uh, Disney plus or Disney channel, or whatever you want to call it, because it's just not Disney. You know, it's, uh, it's TV 14 as well. Was it really? Oh boy. I didn't know that one. Cause no, I was checked. Cause it was well, with all, everything what Pedro said. And then when you were talking about the violence, because I thought, oh, it must be R. Just because, because you saw, you know, you saw the throat cut and you saw that arrow go through that guy's head and everything, the dismemberments. And yeah, when it came off, when the program had ended, and it sure said TV fourteen, which really surprised me. But it'd be interesting, Frederick, with everything that you've said and like with all the the recent movies and all the symbolism that's been in them. If you went back and watched like Iron Man one um, and the incredible hulk and that and is it as prevalent in those movies as it has been in the more recent stuff or does it seem it does it seem to have been a moment where it seems to take off so yes and yes (laughs) um (laughs) because i mean for me i'm gonna go a little bit more extreme now again this is just my opinion and also my partner Julian's opinion. Uh, this has always been happening. 
all these narratives, all these subliminal messaging has been in every film that has ever been created. That's part of its purpose is to entertain us, but also to guide us into a certain direction. Now, I think because of a lot of suffering and because of people going into spirituality, once again, whatever spirituality they choose, I think people are just more apparent or as Joe and I have, and even Charlie has said that they're been, they've been getting so vulgar with it. It's just like uh, in your face that you're just like, dude, I'm not stupid. I, I know what that is. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, so I, I had mentioned to Joe, I don't know if I said it on the show. I said it more privately that in Iron Man and in Hulk and in other earlier Marvel, uh, I found it more disturbing they were they they in my opinion were preparing for covid because if you go back and watch them the narratives are about illness virus all of them have the cold all of them quarantine in some in some way uh and there's images and and certain thing themes Where? That which which ones are you up. talking about which one uh, so in in iron man one and iron man two in Spider-Man, um, I think in the, I mean, if you want, I have to go back and I have to. No, but I'm saying but you list. said that all of them had the cold. Uh, yes. Like there's a theme about getting sick or getting a virus or quarantine or a lockdown, like that type of theme is there. Not so much about the occult uh, in the earlier ones when I went back and started watching all of Marvel. So that was disturbing to me because I started seeing that because already 2020 had already passed. All right. So that's why go back and do some homework because I don't remember any of that. So let me know on next episode. Okay. uh, You want a full list? (laughs) It's going to be a lot. (laughs) If it's just movies, you know, just, you know, and just, you know, we'll debate it because I I don't recall that, but maybe there is, you know, I just missed it. I mean, I don't, the the thing is, is I don't want to be right because that to me is disturbing. That actually moves me away from not wanting to watch any of this because, you know, who, who wants to watch things knowing that you're being brainwashed? Like who's, who's going to openly want to do that? So that's, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, I, I get sick of constantly seeing this vibe of like child sacrifice and, and child slavery and child abuse and all like, it's just too much for me um to pinpoint like when like i'll have to go back to find out the exact first marvel film where i see it but definitely phase four well, you have to watch throughout. them all over again <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> well i'll like but, fast forward through them and you know uh, well, you don't even have to do that you know uh, oh well, and- i like i like to make my point you know all right really well, tell okay. you like you know okay. what's what's what but i mean that's where people can can go back and judge for themselves. But yeah, I mean, all of phase four, I'd say Dan had that theme. Um, but again, you know, to find out the earlier, you know, films, that will be a little bit trickier uh, for me to pinpoint. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, I, I mean, I thought it was okay, but I don't, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I'm not going to watch it every Halloween it's not the right. Wizard of Oz or Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. Well, speaking of Wizard of Oz, you saw that at the end. Yeah, no, I like that. I like the whole color scheme changing at the end. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, that's probably one of the few things that I liked. I was like, 
eh. You know, then it was like, all right, maybe I want to see another episode. I want to see what it's like in color, you know. <laughs> see it in color. I was like, you damn tricksters. I was done with this damn thing. Well, I thought that it was showing again in Disney that the monsters are okay when they're not. Well, and- Man Thing is supposed to be kind of like a hero in the comics. Again, I don't know. The, the whole history of him, but I just never was interested in him. Why would I buy a comic book with somebody that looks like he's covered in seaweed? And it's just not interested in it. Okay. Um, so I guess because I don't understand that context of that. Jack, character, he, I can't. Yeah. In a situation like this, I, I think Jack would have been very helpful, you know, because he knows the character more than I do. Um, but I'm glad you were on, uh, you know, I, I was like, I was going to start off the episode by saying this is one of the few episodes I wish Jack and Frederick were on because I wanted to hear what you had to say about all the things from this the symbolism. And I wanted to hear what Jack had to say, because this is one of his favorite series, I think, in comic books. Yeah, I so, thought it is. So it's kind of, you know, we'll get him eventually, <laughs> you know, maybe before Halloween, he'll readdress it. Oh, I'm just I'm just grateful to have power and have Wi-Fi yeah. again and and to be able to be on the show because I was just like, I don't know if oh, I'm going to make it. Am I going to make it? I think you meant the power of your voice so that it oh. may be heard throughout the masses. <laughs> I'm just glad I have the power to enlighten people of the evils that are being done. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just speaking my truth. And if I can get people to just think or Mm-hmm. read a book or just do a double take of what you're watching and why you're watching it, then I've done it. I don't, I don't want to convert anyone to this. This is, as I said, I don't want to be right. I, I I would, I would be so happy to feel like, Oh, this is all made up. We just put things together and this is what we throw out. But I just, because of everything this year, I just can't believe that. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Well, what we'll do is we just have Andrew to go through. We'll go through it real quick. Okay. And, um, you know, and then we'll just end it. Uh, so, Dan, what do you think of Andor? What are we up to? Episode number four? Uh, five. 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 The axe forgets it's cold. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the show. And we discussed it. There's, there's a lot of threads and stories going on all at the same time. And... Sometimes, well, I think we're not used to that with the Disney Plus series. I think they've all, because they've all been four, six, eight episode long series. They just had to have like a sole focus on the main character. Whereas this has reminded me in a way, it's not the, it's not the quality of what Game of Thrones is, but watching Game of Thrones, there was lots of things going on all at once. And then, it all t- how it all tied together towards the end of the series. And I imagine we're going to get some of that with this because, is it what, 18 episodes for this this season? Something like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe. It could be 12. Um, but maybe you're right. It could be 18. But, but e- either way, it's a lot longer than what we're used to getting. So I think those pieces all pulling together, but it does make so. it it does make it it's not that it's sometimes at times it's not an easy watch. I find myself just switching off a little bit while I'm watching it mm. because 
it drags, it's not drama yeah. focus. Yeah, that's that's that would be the yeah, it drags at times. But I think they're just slow building to something. I think the quality, like any other series that we've had so far, if you'd have gone what end of was this episode this was episode five. Yeah. So at the end of episode four, they were building up to that raid. And you would just assume that the raid would happen in the next episode. And the fact that it just was still more build to it kind of shows the the length and how they want to tell the stories that they are. So, but it's had a good budget. It's the quality is there. No, it looks nice. It's just different storytelling, I think, to what we're used to. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Yeah, I still think there's too many subplots. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I, I don't know what the hell is going on with that police captain and his mother. I have no idea. That's weird that she had like high heels on. Did she? I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, just because um, it was weird because the, the kitchen's like a diner or whatever, isn't it? But it's like, you know, the like, if there's no payoff to that, it's like, why is it in there? I guess there is going to be a payoff, but... I just feel that there's, it's just too much for people to absorb. I'm more interested in what's going on with Cassie and, you know, and what they're going to do and all that. I mean, I, I understand you just can't have it focus on that, but they need to calm down a little bit. I mean, that's why we got 18 episodes or whatever they are. It's because there's just too much food on their plate. You, you don't necessarily need that. Less is more. And yeah. I, I think that maybe they could have, instead of, doing 18 episodes maybe they could have done a two-hour disney plus movie on andor Mm -hmm. and then had two sequels maybe and that that would how many seasons three did they say or three to five i think it might actually well i think that i think there was confusion over i think that it's it's three to to five years three to five years yeah Yeah. but i think it's only two seasons yeah it's still too much it's yeah um the one thing that i like that he did is when uh, they were preparing uh, to be soldiers and he was able to call out who was right-handed and who was left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. And that that one guy was actually right-handed, but he favored his left hand or something like that. I was like, I like that. You know, I, 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 that kind of brings character to his character, you know, and I enjoyed that. Uh, I still don't like the mom Mothma stuff with her, you know, bitch of a husband. I, I just think it's again, stupid writing where they're trying to push role reversal. Now I know a lot of men that are married and they're whipped, you know, by their wives and all that. I, you know, when we say whip that the wives are the boss and the husbands just do whatever they tell them. But this one is different. This is like, they're trying to push that, you know, he's in, her husband is an antagonist and I, I, I've never seen that in my life. And maybe it exists, you know, where the woman is the boss and the husband just stays home, eats bonbons. And then when the husband, you know, when, when the woman comes home, she starts throwing the bonbons at the guy before he closes the door or her. See, I'm getting confused because it's like, I think that's what they're intentionally trying to do is like, they're, they're trying to portray her as the leader of the household. The husband is, is the, uh, spoiled caretaker because not only she's like the peg bundy of uh you know like where she just basically sits home doesn't do anything all day and then ed comes home and it's like or is it ed bundy 
Is it Ed Bundy? I forget. You know, we were Al, talking about Al, Al, Al Bundy. Bundy. It's Ed, Ed O'Neill. It's Ed O'Neill. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that in a long time. You know, and she just does, does nothing all day. And then once he gets home, she just makes his life miserable. And, and that's what this guy is doing. Uh, I didn't like, too, that he says, let's take the expressway. Shut up. Yeah. Who, who wrote that yeah. line? <laughs> expressway. So it's like, well, hold on. I, do you have, uh, you have money for the toll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have enough the... credits <laughs> yeah i got changed for a five dollar bill <laughs> um but yeah you know it's it's okay but th- these last two episodes were directed by susan white and i just don't have any confidence in her i think that she's pushing this mon mothma story and the role reversal thing. And it's just been a lot more boring. And the first three episodes were not nail biters either, but I, I, but I felt that they were better, but once she's done with her arc, which is one more episode, I'm hoping that things get a little better, but right now it's okay. Charlie he's he, you know, he wanted me to speak for him. He does like the show. He's a big fan of Cassie and rogue one and all that, but yeah, I, I'm just not, digging it i'm watching it hoping it's good i don't hate it i'll say that much about it but it's it's like most disney plus stuff like you watch it you hope it's really really good and it shocks the hell out of you that something happens and then usually you're left disappointed um but whatever they feel like they need shows like this so that their subscriber base can grow because they're offering original material but offers some good original material uh, and I just don't see that right now. Anyway, you have anything to say, Fedron Andor? Because I know you didn't watch this last episode. I mean, I'm I'm still looking forward to catch up, but I mean, so far I've already felt like it's slow moving, and I'm like, when is things going to make sense, or how is it going to fit as a story? So I hope well, that. You know, by episode five, I'll know what you guys are talking about. Like, will I piece together the story or is it still just a jumble of stuff by episode five? Well, good news, Fredra. I think that by the time episode six airs, you probably could start with episode six and still be in the same place that we're in. You know, yeah. oh, great. So you don't have to bother watching those episodes. If you, don't want to. you can fast forward if you'd like to. I don't think you're going to be terribly disappointed that you missed out of something that was very important because it just doesn't exist you know i'm just saying don't waste your time if you don't have to especially with you where i know that probably uh, julian is on some sort of bicycle gilgan's island contraption trying to give you guys electricity and internet <laughs> earlier he did but we're, we're all back on now so but i'm like i'm so focused to like go back to work because I, I missed so many days that I'm just like, yay, I'm going to go back to work. Tunnel vision, you know, just get results done, just kill it, you know? So today it's more like, okay, I'm going to sit back and watch as much as I can so that by next week I've caught up. Good. All right, let's wrap this one up. So Fedra, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Uh, that you guys can, uh, you know, find me on Instagram, uh, my full name, Fedra Ekris, or you can be my friend on Facebook. Uh, and you can also email me at Fedra, WDWNT.com. And Dan, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to yes. say where people can find you. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Daniel McCollum, you'll find me. Um, thanks again for having me on. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, and Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WWNT podcasts and would like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WWNT Nerd Alert Season 8, Episode 44. So until next time, see ya. Good night, everyone. Bye, everyone.